Welcome to Rap Stories, a show where I get the background on some of my favorite albums of all time by the artists who made them. I'm your host, David Dennis Jr. And today, I'm joined by three of the dopest MCs of all time, The Locks, to discuss their debut album, Money, Power, Respect. Jadakiss, Styles, and Sheik Luch entered 1998 as the hottest new rap group out of Yonkers that everyone was talking about. They had been tearing through the mixtape circuit for years, becoming three of the most respected MCs in New York. Their names were ringing bells even down in Mississippi, where 11-year-old David Dennis was eating up any of their tracks I could get my hands on. I'd first heard of the locks when they signed with Bad Boy. Of course, the Diddy Run label was ruling the hip-hop world and the upstart MCs were eager to make their mark. They stood out amongst veteran Hall of Famers like Lil' Kim and Biggie on the all-time posse cut All About the Benjamins. Then I heard their single for their new album, Money, Power, Respect. The track is an all-time New York anthem that even a kid from the South who was obsessed with Outkast and No Limit could feel in his bones. The hook with Lil' Kim? Iconic. The DMX feature? Electric. And the Locks verses? I wanted to flip over a table. I couldn't wait for their album to fulfill all the promises of these tracks. However, Money, Power, Respect is a Diddy-infused buffet that was far more commercial and radio-friendly than I expected. Their first single was If You Think I'm Jiggy. Wait, Jadakiss singing an interpolation of a Rod Stewart song? The trio in shiny suits in the video on the album cover? What the hell is going on? However, as time passed and I kept revisiting the album, I've come to believe that Money, Power, Respect has gotten a bad rap over the years because there's certainly a traditional Locks album in here. The Heist and Everybody Wanna Rap are bangers that make you want to stomp someone out in your Timbs. All of the solo tracks gave us a glimpse of solo album greatness we'd expect from these three. And there's not a moment where any of these three legends slack on their verses. We know what happened after Money, Power, Respect dropped. The fallout, the disagreements, the split from Bad Boy, Sometimes the album story overshadowed the album itself. But if you revisit, you'll see an album that has all the elements that make the locks great, and one that ages far better than the controversies will have you believe. We just may have to get a little jiggy here and there on the way to finishing our listens. And here with me to discuss the 25th anniversary of this classic is none other than the rap triumvirate, Jadakiss, Styles P, and Sheik of the Locks. Fellas, welcome to Rap Stories. What up, what up, what up? What's up, brother? Peace. What's going on? Man, so happy to have y'all here. It is an absolute honor. Let's get into it. When was the last time you three listened to the album in full? Last year for me. A couple years for me, I ain't listened to it. Me, I probably heard like cuts from it, probably like a year now. But other than that, just cuts from it that I heard it straight through. And so where were you just mentally when you were putting this album together? What was on our mind was money, power, respect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not to be funny, but no pun intended, but that's what was on our mind, making that album. Young so, guys coming off the block, being around all that down there was crazy. Do you remember the day the album dropped? We was oh. in New York, I think, doing promo. I know we had a sign-in in the square, in the square in Yonkers, Vision Quest. Remember that? Yeah, I still got classic. some pictures. No doubt. My son was a little baby. Wow. We were supposed to do the tunnel, I think, that night, right? We yeah, couldn't got get in. Yeah. They shut it down, fire department. It was that crazy. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they shut it down yeah. for you guys? 
Not like yeah, it was too crowded. We over couldn't even capacity. get it. It's over. Yeah. yeah, fire department. It's too packed in there. You said y'all listened to it kind of recently. So, what is your perspective on this album? Twenty five years later, what is your personal sort of review of Money Power Respect? I love it. That project is dope. Word. It changed it, and it and it's platinum and all that and gold this and every you know what I'm saying. So it re- they didn't really sleep on it. That's that's what made it. It, it went crazy. They slept on it though. In yeah? The beginning. yeah. In the beginning. Jay, what do you mean when you say that you feel like they slept on it? No, in the beginning, because you said, if you, I just want to correct you, if you think I'm jiggy, we came first. Okay. Then Money Power Respect mm-hmm. came up. All right. And it was still doing 40000 a week, though. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. You say you feel like they slept on it. Who, who was sleeping no, on No, no, just being coming from where we was coming from before the album came out, if you think I'm jiggy wasn't per se like a song that they expected us to make, but it was still doing, we were so hot and Bad Boy was so hot. It was still doing his numbers. We came from the mixtape era, bro. So like you know, straight hardcore raps. And then when mm-hmm. they heard Jiggy, kind of maybe throw him off a little bit. But I yeah. still thought it was like yeah. And so, what were the conversations around the the direction you wanted the album to go in? We was going for hits. You know yeah. what I mean? We ain't, the object is to get out of your situation. So we wasn't trying to be naive or stubborn. We still wanted to cater to our you know contemporary fans, but we still wanted to make. Big records as well. Yeah. That's why we made songs like Jake. Absolutely. Get to that bag, bro. We changed our tax bracket years ago. You know what I mean? With that, with that project and more. <laughs> how does that song come about? Like, how does If You Think I'm Jiggy come together? We're coming from the home of samples. Puff is getting success out of this world of samples, so we just trying to follow the blueprint. I always liked it, that Rod Stewart song. I bought it to the guys, see if they liked it. It was cool with it, and we tried it. Jake what does Jiggy teach you about making a hit? To this day, we 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 try to mock it and do songs, and but when we dropped that song, they still loved that shit. So mm-hmm. it's still, it was a great song. Teachers to go be, get out your comfort zone too, as a, mm-hmm. as young fellas, young lyricists, young rappers in the game at the time. Bad Boy was like the Chicago Bulls of music. Facts. So we weren't we weren't hard headed and naive enough to not try new things and, and experiment and get out of our, what we normally do. We rapped hard. We're definitely lyricists, but we also guys who was interested in nice shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, before we got on the label. So you want to ensure you do things that where you can get nice, nice stuff, get out your comfort zone, work. Like a lot of people actually thought that we, we did the song because Kiss wanted to do the song mm-hmm. and brought it to the table. It wasn't Puff's suggestion. Yeah, Puff um, didn't make us do that. Puff didn't right, make us do that. Jiggy. We did Jiggy That's on knowing right. that we did need something to play on the radio. Like we understood the process of what kind of song, you know, what making kind of songs transition. get played on the radio and making your transition. So that was more so of um, being young musicians and businessmen at the same time. But thought when they heard the song was that Diddy made y'all make this radio hit, but like they blamed know. him for everything. We nah. bought yeah. that to Diddy. Yeah, Diddy gets blamed <laughs> for everything, even though everything ain't his fault. But we bought the song to him. Dame Grease produced it. We made it, and we bought it to him. He didn't say, "Here, y'all should do this song." People think probably think that because of the style of the video and the flair of the video. So you see the bad boy flashiness, even with like the shiny suits. Nobody ever complained about the shiny suits till we complained about the shiny suits. No one ever said, "Yo, screw the shiny suits," until they heard us say, "F the shiny suits." And then it was like, "Oh yeah, f the shiny suits." So 
I enjoyed the shiny suit. <laughs> I got some money off of that. I like oh, hell yeah. fit. I got some money off of that suit. Yeah, money, I didn't money. particularly <laughs> like the fit. <laughs> I want to know about the, like what are these suits made of? Like how like what is tell me about the actual shiny suit themselves. The same thing you cook baked macaroni and cheese in. It's made of prom curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Sequence. <laughs> baked macaroni and cheese. Suit glitter. Nah, but yo, listen. Different tax bracket, baby. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Well, I mean, talk about the day you're shooting the album cover. You're wearing the suit. You got the matching shades. Like, talk to me about that day. No, we didn't have shiny suits on the album cover, bro. Yeah, we had leather and so five thousand and one. Okay, they looked like shiny because they were matching the shades. So I thought they were. That was five thousand and one flavored custom pony skin. I had a yeah. pony skin cow skin jumper, jean jackets, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was some custom before our time shit and the matching shades that was part of that too we all had matching shades yeah mm-hmm. i know me and loose did you know we might have oh, all yeah. had on shit i know i had on some burgundy shades that matched the stupid ass outfit when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This album, as you mentioned, peaked at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts, peaked at number one top R&B hip-hop album charts, certified platinum, success by all, you know, commercial metrics. It's platinum now? Yeah, it's a certified platinum album. We got to talk to somebody. Get the platinum. What we got to do? Years, years, years. I need my plaque and all of that. I need (laughs) shit, man. It's a phone call to me. All right, say no more. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, y'all, certified platinum. You guys remember what y'all received in the Source magazine, the review? Three mics, four mics, two mics. Three. Three and a half. Three and a half. And what were your reactions to the to the reviews of the album? Fucked up. Should have got four and a half at least. everybody want five mics at that time. We would have took four and a half. Now you won't give a fuck what mics whoever give you. But back then, it's like that was like the Bible. Yeah, that was holy grail for you to get that. You know, they jerked us. Obviously, I was thinking about the money and the fame and success, but how much were those reviews and those sort of metrics factoring into your mind when y'all making the album awesome? Back then, those reviews were everything. Those could make you or break you. I don't think it could have broke us just from our reputation. It couldn't break us. I think the difference between us and every other group that was in there before our debut album, we tore the streets up pretty much. We really tore the streets up. Like We gave them a lot of freestyles. Um, we gave them a lot of free music over other people's beats and other artists weren't doing that. So we built our reputation up enough for us to be okay. So what is your individual definitions now that, you know, we've had some time of money, power, and respect? It pretty much still what it is, but like who it applies to is different for me. You know what I mean? My money is what it's being used for. 
what my pals being used for and who I really want to respect me is, is, is different now as I got older. I just think those three things are the key to life. You know what I mean? You need money, you need power, and you got to give respect to get respect. Yeah. So if you live by those, you'll be all right. Grown, though, like, you know, see, your definition yeah. of keeping it real is different now. Different, yeah. yeah. So how is it different now? When you're young, it's reckless. You don't really give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? It ain't. Yeah, you're looking to spend the money the wrong way, and you don't give a fuck about respect. But as you grow older and learning, mm-hmm. you know. You're on the block wilding out. You think you're keeping it real. Now, if I fly all the way across here just to go to my son's basketball game, I kept it real, man. Mm-hmm. It may be different than back then. <laughs> I kept it real. At what point in the process of the album does Biggie pass away? Is he passed before y'all start on the album? And talk about the impact that on you making the album. He passed in the making of it because he heard, we used to come in the studio, he used to be playing some of them. He used to be playing whatever tracks we recorded the day before. Mm-hmm. So I think his untimely demise happened while we was making, while we was yeah. still making Money, Power, Respect. Because he was there in the beginning as he used to listen to the songs. And um, I think it was a kind of awkward feeling after him passing and for sure. Before we got back to recording and all that, but um, we still just wanted to make a dope album. Do you remember where you guys were when you heard the news? We was in L.A. We was in L.A. for our first time ever there. We was at the party. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. was with him. We just mm-hmm. left Big. We just literally left Big a few minutes. A few minutes. Uh, yeah, we went to get in our SUV. He yeah. went to get in his. Uh-huh. So we were there. When do y'all feel like y'all can get back into making this album we didn't just get back to make yeah, an album nah, we, we had made to it. go through all, yeah. we had to fly back wait for his funeral go through let things die down it was a label meeting it was that took size the artist the, the yeah, city was, was hurting yeah the yeah. whole world was hurt yeah, so that I was took a, that was so, our brother you know that was yeah. our big bro that was our homie that was our our friend and we didn't just get back like when we what we did was make we always love Big Papa. We made always love Big Papa. That's just. what came after he passed. We wanted to make sure we made a dedication to show our appreciation and love for him, not just from the group's point of view, but from um, New York City and the hip-hop world's point of view. So our first thing was just to pay him some homage and give a tribute to him. What does mourning sort of look like for you? I mean, then as young men, when you're trying to assess your emotions, but then now as grown men when you have to deal with that sort of stuff? Like, how did mourning look for you back then and how has it sort of, you know, changed now? I don't think mourning ever changes, to be honest. Not, I mean, not for me personally. Um, you lose a loved one, there's no... It's no creative way to mourn. There's no, like, crea- yeah, there's there's no, no growth in mourning. There's no growth in mourning. You just kind of mourn those who you lose. Um, as you get older, I would say you understand more that everybody's yeah. gonna leave Earth. Yeah. You like, might gotta you know be I mean? stronger for certain people. Yeah, as, as you get older, but as far as the process of mourning back then, the mourning now is it's no it's no different hurt of losing a loved one or someone you love. I think mourning is the one thing you pretty much will probably do the same until you you go yourself. Yeah. And who's to say who's wrong or right? Who how yeah. they mourn? How you mourn? Yeah. Somebody might be in a club with you the next day and yeah. just lost whoever. I agree. There's really no no right way to mourn. You just kind of, you know, get through it how you can. And, and therapy, I always yeah. got to, you know, hype up the, the importance of therapy when, I, when I'm talking to black men. So I just got to get Absolutely. that. For sure. Mental health. Totally agreed. What was the storytelling process of the album? What was the story you were trying to tell through Money, Power, Respect? 
Money, power, respect, actually. I think I, the story you was telling is, I don't know if you know, but at the time we made the album, no rappers ever came out from Yonkers at the particular time. So we was telling our stories, what we were aiming for in life, and that we were dope MCs, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, you mean like what's the concept of the album? I yeah. believe it was the album title, Money, Power, Respect. Like, this is what we was out for. This is what we was about. This is what we we were aiming for, shooting for, expert lyricists. So, you know, the story of the album was the game, Money, Power, and Respect. Diddy studio stories have taken a life of their own, especially with the reality shows and all that stuff. So I know that there's probably, y'all each probably have a, a memorable Diddy story from being in studio with him. Not really. Like, he used to just be honest about all the time, like, this, while, while we're working hard and say we want to leave, he'll just, like... You tired? Yeah, you tired? Yeah. Yo, how y'all going home earlier That's than me? That's I was going to hit. And I got way more money than you guys. Like, why y'all leaving before me from the studio? He used to be on that kind of vibe. Like, yeah. He, he His whole thing, yeah, like, yo, I know y'all know the hood out here, but I could tell you what's popping in Houston. I could tell you what's happening in Atlanta, like, all these, all these places that we didn't visit yet. It was just, like, riding us with stuff like that. He's always a fashion fly dude. We'll, me and Kiss Styles, we'll pull up to go to the tunnel uh, to our release party. We're like, this before the fly, fly kiss. Like, yo, we'll have this white tees on, not ironed. He'll hound us about getting the iron or have groove. Some Somebody come steam this shit. Like, stuff like that in the studio. But, like, big bro shit. I want to say the um, same shit, same thing Luch was just saying. I believe we, part of our work ethic today is definitely due to his work ethic and see it was no sleep. Make no it mistake. It was really no... I, I believe that he believed in no mm -hmm. sleep to be around that environment and also before Big's demise, seeing how Big worked and Big's work ethic. Right. I would believe the stories would be is just how how much work they put in and how much they was how far they were willing to go, how far breaking night in the studio, breaking day in the studio, coming right back, doing the same thing. I've seen um I've seen Diddy bounce from room to room with different artists yep. and um just on, on his one two, doing the same thing with the producers while dancing. While I'm not gonna speak on the young ladies he had coming, but I see them with a not, lot of nice a young ladies. It was a vibe back then, and um, <laughs> you know, it was it was a learning time to say the least. What's your studio process now? Are y'all still putting in, you know, day and night hours, hours of work? Locked in a yes, project? yeah, 100 percent working all night. Gotta be in it to win it. Man. Mm -hmm. I believe we still have the same process. It's evolved because we just mastered the process. It evolves with the process you master. It's not much of a different process. It's the pretty much the same thing. Even before we got there, I pretty much could say we went harder than the average MC, the average fella our age, with being hungry and um, bouncing off each other. Now we work smarter, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, things become easier, but the process is pretty much the same. Stay dedicated, stay hungry, stay humble. For me, my process is make sure I listen to these two, what they're doing as it was all the time and see what I come up with. So whether I feel good, I feel bad, whether I'm ready to go, whether I'm not ready to go, the process is mm -hmm. get there, put the work in, listen to your brothers, figure it out. And now we just do it at a, we just do it better, I would say, but it's pretty much the same process. Yeah, we feed off each other. It was just recently, the other day I told, I said, Styles, come here and listen to the shit I just made, right? Yeah. Like come in the room. We still doing that from back then to now. And hopefully I just, Inspiring, make him want to get on something or whatever. And so what kind of feedback are y'all giving each other? I'll hear Kiss in the room banging out. It'd be him, Nino, and all them guys in there. I'll be like, yo, that's fire over there. That beat mm -hmm. is sick. Like, it is, you know, oh, well, to paint the picture, 
It's three recording studios in our joint. We all in there together. It's not like I'm going to visit him down in, in Manhattan the way. Like we here, we rock, we work together still. We on the studio yeah. together. We see each other a few times a week. Right, right, right. I think our process is probably different. It's difficult to word because I, I would say it's chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's chemistry, right? In the vibe of the chemistry and making what we have to make and making it the way that we have to make it. So our process compared probably to each other group's process that you'll talk to is is much different because it's natural. Like Luke said, come in the room, hear this. Hell yeah. I hear that. Now I'm inspired to get on that or do something of my own, go a certain place. Or, the you know, the process is mm-hmm. responding off the energy and the chemistry that's in the room and just being able to, to create from there. Going back to the album, how does DMX end up on the Money, Power, Respect song? DMX introduced us to Rough Riders and we actually got signed before him. Mm-hmm. So it was only right to put him on, you know, the title track of the song as our brother, as our family, label mate for managers, you know. We had the same managers, which was Rough Riders at the time. So that was a no-brainer. Even though Puff gave us a little resistance, but we was like, we gotta put them on this. I remember coming in, I came in and that y'all had that song done then. I don't know where the hell I was at. I, I still went first, right? Yeah. On the joint, word. But I came in, they had the hook, they had Kim, everything. All kind of fly shit going on. You said he was your brother, y'all came together. When did y'all form that bond and, you know, especially with him and, and Rough Riders? We knew DMX for years. He's from mm-hmm. YL. Yeah. He was older. He was our old head. He was battling. He was doing. He was already a star in our eyes. Facts. In Yonkers, New York. Ciphers. I mean, before we all got on, we all rhymed together. So it wasn't to do Money, Power, Respect. Our song was just actually getting to the next level of what we already have done together. Now it's just on waxing for the air. Before it was just ciphers or, you know, tapes, shit like that. But um, it just changed. X always been a legend, always been nice. And like Kiss said, he was older than us, special in the town. So the, you know, it's like a league. It's like like it's like if, if we was playing basketball, we all ball. Mm-hmm. So there's no way to not run into someone who does what you do and and have a liking if they y'all both do it well. What is your feelings about the album when you hand it in to Puff or Bad Boy or whoever to give the final listen to it? What is your thinking about the quality of the album or, or what do you think people are gonna see, say about the album when you put it up? I wanna say we loved it, yeah. I don't yeah. remember all the way, but we had to feel great. Yeah, we loved it. He's on fire out there. Yeah, I mean, we felt- Amazing. Felt marvelous, yeah. Tell me about that first time where you play the final version of the album Puff and everybody, what is that scene like, and what is their I mean, reaction? Puff knows Puff is there doing the yeah, creation, so we made it. We didn't have to do one. It wasn't, yeah, wasn't like you thinking in your head yet. You got to think of the times when it, it wasn't none of that. Like you get the album done, they put us in a custom van on a promo tour down mm-hmm. the East Coast, yeah. We're going mm-hmm. to black colleges and radio stations and morning shows, and we just grinding and hustling. It was still street teams. It's not like the yeah. way you got in your head of right. today. It was hustle and bustle. Like, you know what I mean? We still was learning on a whim. Even as successful as Puff was, he was still raw, kind of the way he was doing, you know, with the artists. So once we finished, we was hitting the road, yeah. promoting. As much as we wanted the masses to love the project, I was more amped up than Fat Black and all my, like <laughs> yeah. my niggas on the block thought it was dope. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? That's how that's how we came. We was young, still off the block. Like yeah. you wanted your homie to say that was fire. 
And plus, he was there. It, it's not like he made the album with us. He was there right. making the album with us, checking in. Um, the process of making an album is like you you going song by song. You're doing songs. Some songs you're not keeping. Some songs you're keeping. We're making an interlude. So we're, we're all baking. It's like baking a pie and with a bunch of a few chefs like cooking at, at once yeah so you know we all we're all cooking up we're all going through the process to, together so it's not like we could even exclude puff out the process he's there the listening parties are now for the djs like kid said and us going on the road and things of that nature as far as bad boy we didn't finish the album and play the album for bad boy they already knew the album they did the mm-hmm. album with us you know we had d dot we had all, all the people, um, Grease, Hitman and all them, yeah. P- PK, Hitman, mm-hmm. everybody who worked on the album there for the process. So it's like, all right, now we bake the pie, now we wrapping the pie, now we're bringing the pie to different places so they could get a taste of it. And that feeling is more so like you feel great because you're young and you're out and about. Now we visit in colleges, different radio stations, different states. And we're presenting our, our body of work that we laid, that we believed in, and that um, it's pretty dope. And we get into the bag, dog. Yeah, you mad young, you get into that bag. That was yeah. that's a different bag than the streaming. Yeah. That was that was the different bag back then. All right, Styles, can you explain? Uh, you mentioned earlier why there was resistance between having Bad Boys and label and Rough Riders as management. You know, to make an album, you kind of need both of those things. What you said about resistance? Y'all mentioned earlier there was I resistance. I said Puff was giving us a little resistance with DMX mm-hmm. being on Money, Power, Respect at first. But it wasn't, you know, we worked it out because he's on the song. But it wasn't really. That's what actually helped us, having Rough Riders as our man. No doubt. Yeah. Talk about that relationship between Rough Riders and, and Bad Boy while y'all are making this album. It, it, Rough Riders didn't really bother us. They was letting us do what we had to do and... And follow the leader Puff, but just keep everything. And them and Puff were cool. They already yeah, knew each other. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Their dad, Puff, dad, and Rough Riders' dad was friends back in the day. So they already had an extended relationship from all of that. Puff sort of gets credit or blame or whatever for a lot of the stuff that's on the album, especially when it comes to you know radio hits and things like that. What was his actual biggest impact in terms of like him influencing the album? For me, my answer would be his work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his biggest impact for me is his work ethic and how he, like Lou said, when somebody's telling you, I have this amount of money, but I'm still keep working, that gives you a certain kind of drive and a certain kind of battery in your back to keep pushing and um, to strive more. For me, I would say it was also, you got to see, we're coming from Yonkers, New York. Like we said, it's like the Chicago Bulls of rap. And to see a successful young black man makes you want to be successful as well. So mm-hmm. just being that work ethic and just how he um, put things together. Um, he didn't just make music. He threw dope events. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, the things what all the artists he was working with were winning. He did great remixes. He, he did good picking of putting people together, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing which producer to work with, know which artist to work with, knowing how to meet it in the middle. So it was just actually watching business at work and that will for me that's the biggest impact but you it showed how hard he was going to be at the top of the game he had the whole radio filled up the charts he's rocking on the charts and he's still going like he don't have one song on the top 888 mm. working like an animal 
uh, she because there's some on that album that sort of like when you listen back it sort of drives you crazy like sometimes it may be like a word that nobody you know noticed that you missed nah I know it sounds generic mm. that I'm saying this but nah I want to change anything don't change nothing if that's what it was right there that's why we are who we are nope we t- we just was in the, in the in the sprinter talking about like old lyrics and old songs and this mm. and that nah let that rock man you want to ask Melly Mel right. them how they like would they have changed nothing you know what I mean Nah, let lead that. That's it. That's set in mm. stone. That's what makes it your baby. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know, that's what makes. That's where you see an evolution. Word up. Of yourself. Hell yeah. Can't start off. Michael Jackson didn't start off doing thriller numbers. Nah, it's art. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the day, people forget hip hop is art. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's your art. That's how you felt. That's how we felt. That's where the energy brought us. That's where the chemistry brought us. I wouldn't change that for the world. Like when I listen back to the album, and especially with money, power, respect is a current term in hip hop today. Twenty five years later, you hear pretty much any young artist, all artists, they have referred to the term money, power, and respect. So to be able to put up together a body of work where the title now is still a staple in hip hop is is pretty damn dope to say the least. Following up on that styles, what's a kind of album that you think has aged the best? Money, power, respect. Makes sense. I mean, it's an anthem. It's yeah, everywhere. Right. It's money, everywhere, so. money, power, respect. Which one does everybody want to rat on? That's that? That? Yeah. Everybody mm. want to rap. What's the first song off the album? You got Capital first song is Living the Life. To me, that's one of the fav- my, the, my favorite songs of the album. Were there any songs or guest features that you wanted on the album that you didn't have? We had a joint with Hove and Kelly Price. I think mm. Hove wanted to be on Money, Power, Respect. So I don't think he cleared this verse. So it didn't make the oh, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Z was supposed to be on. He wanted to be on Money Power Respect. Yeah, I think he didn't clear the song Ooh. that he laid the verse on because yeah. he wanted to be on Money Power. So we didn't get him on the album. So how does he? How does Jay Z end up not Nothing being on Money Power? Puff's Library. That's crazy. Because we did it already. It was already. We wasn't gonna take DMX or Little Kim or mm. restructure the song. It was done already. I guess he liked it that more than the one he actually got on, so he didn't let it, he didn't clear it, and we ain't put it on the album, or that might have not even been what happened, but it just didn't make the album. <laughs> Is there a way that we can get the verse, like how do we get this Jay-Z verse off the- talk to Puff, there's nothing we can do, there's, Can't help there's no you, sir. way we can help you right now. Puff, Can't help you on that, sir. Puff owns all of that stuff. There's been a lot of talk as of late and sort of honoring our rap groups, especially with the past of the True Boy, De La Soul, I want to ask you about influence of De La Soul on, on you three as a rap group. Love them brothers, man. Word. Yeah, Love them. De La was different. The culture, know, for real. Big brothers, uh, epitome of hip hop. Yeah. Native tongue, did they think, stuck by what they do. Yeah, it was their self. Shout yeah, out to them for just getting their masters yeah. back. De La is ill. I think that, you know, the impact they had was pretty much not just for us, I would say for any group, is to show you you could be yourself. And I think at that particular time they were out, they were just LMCs doing their own thing, their own wave. Um, Three Feet High and Rising was one of the most creative bodies of work, I think, that ever existed in in hip-hop period. So I think just to show that you could be creative, intellectual, really dope, 
and don't really have to not compromise compromise your yourself for who to appear to be a certain way for other people. I agree. Um, I believe they set that trend, and um, Lord bless them for that. From their music to the way they dress to their artwork on yep. the to the covers of the um, albums, all colorful and it, to their skits. Yeah, crazy. Everything about it was just um, very genuine. What's one song from another artist you wish was yours? Uh, Marvin Gaye and the City Blues. <laughs> I came to bring the pain, man. Meth? Yeah, that's a nice. Mm. Something from Kane or Rockham, one of them guys. I just want to thank you guys for talking about, you know, one of my favorite albums, incredible album, Money, Power, Respect. It's been an honor talking to you guys. Much love, brother. Love is love, King. Right, appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Love. Thanks for having us. This podcast is produced by Podville Media for Anscape, a black-led media platform dedicated to creating, highlighting, and uplifting diverse black stories. Anscape, where blackness is infinite. Dina Morrison is the series producer. Our production team, Brittany Danielle, Rob Spiewak, Lenika Belfield-Martin, Ethan Sands, and Eli Nellis. The series was edited by Stephen Williams, Kelsey Johnson, and Rob Ford. Executive producers, Steve Reese, Elizabeth Elson, and Oscar Zabayos. Raina Kelly is Anscape's Vice President and Editor-in-Chief. David Oku created the original artwork for the series. Special thanks to Tracy Smith, Mike Shahade, Rami Mogadam, Katie Lawson, Beth Stoikov, Anna Grambling, Ashley Melfi, John Gotti, Kelly Evans, Ryan Broadhead, and Kevin Wilson. And I'm your host, David Dennis Jr. Thank you for listening.